Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your brand new source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. Here today to break down the Packers' Christmas Day win over the Miami Dolphins, 26-20, to and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing good. we got a victory Monday. Things are good. Holiday season is still here. Yep, holiday season's still here. We hope you had as happy a holidays as we did, whatever you may be celebrating, especially since the Packers got that win and moved to 7-8. and eight. And, Dad, they're up to 28% chance to make the playoffs, depending on where you look. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you noticed that they're talking about this during the game. Matt LaFleur is undefeated in December in his career at Green Bay. And in some for the projections, some of it I was looking out, if you – um, if the Packers went out, their their likelihood of making the playoffs is like ninety percent. If they went out, there are a few there, and there is more than one route to for them to make the playoffs. If they went out, they only need the Commanders to lose one of their last two, either the Browns or the Cowboys, or the Giants to lose both of their last two to the Colts and Eagles. There is even one scenario where they could make it into the playoffs if they lose to Minnesota, which would require. Detroit losing both games, including the Packers, Washington losing both, the Seahawks losing to the Rams, and only one of Carolina or Tampa Bay getting to 8-9. and nine. Yeah, <laughs> But that's all. There are so many more ways for them to make the playoffs now than there were a few weeks ago. And we're going to break this game all down. We're going to talk a little bit about going forward, maybe a little bit at the end of the podcast. But before we do that, we just wanted to pitch a couple of things. If you like what you hear, come give us a follow on Twitter. We tweet out when we have new episodes. It's at Father Son Packer. Come give us a follow. We'd really appreciate it. We tweet out also articles we find interesting, Packers news and notes, including injury reports, which we're going to have a number of this week. Looking forward to Minnesota. Um, then come give us a subscription on YouTube. If you really like us, it would really help our numbers. We post all of our episodes there as well as Spotify, Apple podcasts, Amazon podcasts, Google podcasts, anywhere podcasts are found. You can find us, but anyway, dad, let's move into our breakdown of this game, starting with our gut checks. How did you feel about this game? So for a while, this game, I was like, it was starting to look more and more hopeless. The way the game was going in the first half where, Oh, there's another big play. Oh, there's another big play. Oh, that's exactly what we asked the Packers not to do again and again and again <laughs> in our, in our pregame weak zones across the middle, letting the crossing uh, speedy crossing receivers get up to a full speed against a slow secondary. Exactly what we said you should not be doing. Yep. And the offense was sputtering and uh, Rogers looked bad, but then. You know, a little bit of magic happened. It was like um, just just enough before halftime to carry them through. Yeah, and we'll talk. We'll break down first half. We'll break down second half. For me, my gut reaction is I think the Packers are. I learned more about the Dolphins in this game than I did about the Packers, I would say. Um, I think for me at least, and I know this might sound a bit of a downer, I feel like the Dolphins lost this game more than the Packers won this game. The Packers shot themselves in the foot a few times. The Dolphins shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. I mean, eight penalties, four turnovers, including three picks on back-to-back-to-back drives to end the game, uh, missed field goal. I mean, pretty much all of the help that the Dolphins could give the Packers in this game, they tried to give the Packers in this game, and it was enough for the Packers to win. I think the Packers definitely did some good things, especially in that second half, especially on defense, especially considering the personnel they had available along the defensive line in particular. 
But I will say, I think my gut reaction to this game was that Miami lost it more than the Packers won it. I would say it was kind of a tale of two halves. The Packers were mostly bad in the first half and actually mostly pretty good. They still struggled in like the red zone and third down um, positions, but some of their like yards per play and their defense on other metrics besides just the interceptions was quite good. But I would say most of the interceptions were gifts. They were pretty much right to the DB's hands on all of them. I mean, he overthrew Hill to that was throw the a, one to Jair, just yeah. an overthrow. He didn't see Devontae Campbell. He just threw it right to him. And then he didn't see Rasul dropping um, out of his coverage to guard the uh, the out route um, versus what Tua thought was like a cloud cover three, apparently. And but, but, I mean, all three of those were gifts, in my opinion. I would like to give credit to both Campbell and Rasul on their interceptions in reading the play and going to the spot where the ball was going. The one to Jair was just a straight bad throw. Well, the other two were just it. terrible reads. He just the, he threw them he threw them right to him. Yes, but they they dropped to where the play was going. They read the play correctly. And then Tua didn't see them. Well, Devondre's Tua didn't see him and also the receiver did not turn around. Oh, when Moster just kept running up Moster the field. Moster just kept running. Like Yes, yes. Yeah, that's true. Moster kept running up the field and uh and but Campbell made a nice play. And Campbell then, made a nice play cuz he had to catch it away from his body. That's difficult for a defender to do. That's fair. But anyway, we'll get into breaking down the defense and stuff. We'll talk about, um, we'll start with the offense and with the defense. But first, let's talk a little bit about an injury update. The uh, Packers, unfortunately, did get a little dinged up in this one. After having, I would say, one of their cleanest injury reports going into the game. Uh, Nyman left this game with a shoulder injury and didn't return. Christian Watson left with a hip flexor problem. He said he's told Ryan Wood after the game that he felt okay, but he left this game and did not return. Keyshawn Nixon left with a groin injury and didn't return. Dean Lowry left with a calf injury and didn't return. And then Rudy Ford, we don't even quite know what that injury was yet, but he left and didn't return. Matt LaFleur said today in his press conference that Watson, Nyman, Nixon, and Lowry are all day-to-day. They're definitely going to need them for this game against Minnesota if they're going to like have a chance of keeping up with Minnesota's offense. But... Yeah, a lot of guys dinged up in this game and definitely something to keep an eye on for the injury reports for this week. Yeah, the fact that the Packers were down to like their um third string third string tackle is he a third string tackle when they brought uh Newman in and they lost you know their their main one of their main weapons is a kick returner Nixon, who, their best receiver in Watson. The best receiver who's been the wide receiver one for several weeks now in terms of target. Well, and Nixon's one of their best weapons at kick return, punt return, but he's also their starting slot corner at this point. Yep. I mean, they, they got dinged up in this game. Lowry plays a significant amount of snaps for them, although maybe that'll change after the way Wyatt played in this game. We'll talk about that going forward. But yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on for that injury update. You never saw anything more about Ford, did you? I was looking and I have not been able to find what it was. It just says that he was injured and only played like 19 snaps. Um, because they ended up playing like a lot of Ennis Gaines, even Tariq Carpenter, and Savage all came in and got more snaps at safety than um we've been seeing for any of them lately. Yeah, and I thought Savage played um pretty well. PFF had him graded pr- pretty well as well, so that kind of matched the eye test. So it's nice to see him back out there and having some some modicum of success. But Dad, let's get into the game breakdown we had a little more in depth. Let's talk about the offense. And can you start us off with what we wanted to see from the offense in this game um, during our pregame podcast that we recorded before? Yeah, so it's interesting in our, in our what we wanted to see list. I, I was looking back and I realized that for several weeks in a row, 
my what you want to sees are almost always on the offense and your what you want to see are almost always on the defense. So um, for me, I wanted um, to see because that, that the, the Dolphins corners have not been good this year. So I wanted to see extra targets going to Dobbs and Watson. And then Watson was, got eight in like the first half. And Dobbs is getting more after that. And that Miami is also middle of the pack and guarding against wide receivers and poor against tight ends and running backs. So I wanted to see, you know, a lot for Jones and Dylan in the, um, in the pass game as well as the run game. And it even got a nice um, gain to um, Tunyon and hit Deguara with a pass. Even though Feels the like the one. first time we've said Tunyon's name in a month. That was one of his best plays in a while, yeah. I gotta admit. And then the other thing I had for the offensive line to account for Wilkins and Jalen Phillips up front, and I'd have to say that was a hit very or, mixed bag. I would say hit or miss. I think in the first half, Wilkins especially wrecked shop the entire first half. But I will say, as the game went on, especially in the second half, I think that they accounted for him much, much better. I don't know what they changed up front. I have to take an even closer look at it than I already have. But I, I think that they, I didn't hear his name as much in the second half for certain, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they still had, str- they still struggled a bit with the run game, um, but they were doing a better job at pass pro. They did not give up that many pressures mm-hmm. in total, yeah, um, in the game. Yeah, so let's get into the offense now. Because it's a win, let's end on the good, but let's start with the bad. And you mentioned that they really struggled to run the ball, like, at all. They could not run the ball today. And I think that was the major negative on offense. The offense was kind of... Did just enough, I would say, is the way I would put it. But in terms of running the ball, I mean... Dylan and Jones had 17 carries for just 62 yards or 3.6 yards per carry, which is very poor. I mean, Rodgers had just seven fewer rushing yards than Aaron Jones and just half as many as Dylan. So that'll tell you how that was going. They even ran a zone read for Rodgers at one point, which is absolutely insane. I mean, it went for a yard. I don't know what they were expecting. And I think the run blocking especially was very, very poor. Um, It felt like they never got any push. Um, and uh, PFF had them as this being their fourth best run blocking game of the season. I don't agree at all. I think that was way off for me, at least just watching it. It felt like they couldn't get any push, which was kind of, I think, highlighted by their lack of success on third and shorts and their lack of success in goal to go situations. And I think the run offense was definitely a hot, like a highlight of the struggles the offense had. Yeah, um, I don't know if you want to go more into what you had. I had this. Well, had, if you had anything on the run offense that, or on the run game that you wanted to add, um, I had kind of the same thing about uh, you know, and I guess it included uh, Rogers. Where they got like three point two yards per rush in total. It um, also includes Dalton Levitt's. Uh, oh, Dalton Levitt's one yard carry. Yeah, the, the that's right. Forgot about Levitt's carry on the on the fake punt. Um, I usually I usually filter those out dragging, because it's dragging down yeah. their uh, average because. That was that was that was bold. <laughs> yeah, we'll on talk their own, on we'll, their own twenty. We'll talk about that when we get to the Weefence. It was uh, it was there was a mixed bag. There was some positive for there. Um, beyond that, though, I think um, they couldn't run the ball. I thought the red zone and goal to go offense was really bad in this game. Uh, they went two for five in the red zone. One of those being a fourth and goal, like leak out play to Mercedes Lewis. That was like, thank God they got that. Um, I would put a lot of it on Rodgers, uh, personally, highlighted by the first one where Nixon has a 94-yard kick return 
on their first possession to set them up beautifully at the 10 yard line. And then he takes a sack on second down to make it third and goal from the 20 yard line. You're just not going to score there. He needs to get that ball out. That thing needs to be eight rows deep into the stands if no one's open. And he just held it and held it and held it. And I think it was another game just like last week where he was kind of trigger shy, didn't want to pull it. And you just yeah. can't take that sack there. I think is, he was. That... Fa- I thought he was fairly poor. Honestly, he took that sack. He missed Watson on that fourth down late, um, fourth and one, which you can argue whether or not that shot play should have been called. But I mean, if he they called it and it was open, and it would have been a touchdown if he had hit Watson, but he overthrows him by like ten yards. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember if the one he took the sack is that the one where Watson is open in the middle, just short of the goal goal line. And he, and he doesn't, is that uh, he doesn't I think, pull the trigger I thought on it there? Was, I thought it was Cobb that was open. Maybe, but there was some, I think it was that play where somebody was open in the middle of the field, maybe two or three yards short of the end zone that he didn't pull it. Yeah, and I think out. I heard Andy Herman on his, uh, on Pack-A-Day podcast saying that uh, he thought the guy was really in his face there. Um, but even if he is, I mean, just throw that thing as hard as you can through the yeah. end zone because you can't take a sack there because you're, you're just giving up points. Um, beyond that, I thought that, oh, the third down off. I mean, third down. My goodness, it was it. The numbers were even worse than I remember. <laughs> I mean, I know we're sounding very negative for again the Packers won, but they went two of fourteen on third down, which is abhorrent. I mean, partially the problem with the third down was the distance to go. The average distance to go for the Packers was eight point two yards on third down. That is very tough. They need to have more success on first and second down. They need to avoid penalties that oftentimes put them in. Because they had, I mean, they had some, some short ones, but then they also must have had some twenties. They had some third and fifteens, third and thirteens, et cetera, et cetera. But so they had a lot of long ones, which partially contributed to the problem. But they couldn't convert the short ones they had anyways. They failed a third and goal from five yards out. They failed a third and two. They failed a third and one. They failed a third and three, and they failed another third and five. So didn't matter what the down and distance was, they were not getting it. They only had two third down conversions. One was a Rogers scramble, and one was that dump off to Patrick Taylor, and that was it—the one that went for 17 yards. Yeah, yeah, on the on the left, up the left sideline. Exactly, and and I mean, you just situationally, you gotta be better. I mean, situational offense has been a struggle for this team all year. Red zone offense has been bad. Goal to go offense has been one of the worst in the league. Third down offense has been horrible. Fourth down offense, which was actually um, better, better than third down offense, which was today. actually pretty good today. We'll talk about in a second when we get to the positives for the offense, but is generally bottom five in the league. I mean, situational offense has been very poor this year. I do put a lot of it on Rodgers. I put a good amount of it on the floor as well. And Stenovich, I just think that they're not getting any layups that they used to get from play calling. And then Rodgers isn't making plays that are there when they are there. Yeah, so I had a few more bad things in general. So I had about the the run blocking was also, I felt, very shoddy throughout. I had um, the red zone offense as just a general yuck. And that the only is, and the only, that they were two for five, and they, the only reason they were two for five instead of one for five is that fourth down conversion to uh, Mercedes Lewis for the touchdown, which. Is that like their only high percentage play in the it, at, at the goal line? Because is that their only any percentage play at the? Goal, I mean, oh, in creative play at the goal line. It was worked twice now this year, though not necessarily lined up the same way. On a two point conversion against the Bears, and then this touchdown. I mean, and you you got to know that teams are going to be ready for that now. It is the <laughs> only thing that is working for them at the goal line. Is Mercedes Lewis gets there, 
pretends like he's going to block and leaks out. And then it's just an easy lob. Wide, wide open. And it's the only play that works at the goal line. They can't run it at the goal line, which is, I think, partially an offensive line issue. They're not getting the push that they've been getting in past years. They they don't have anything really that creative at the goal line. They don't really have that go-to guy like they did with Devontae who can win in a second and a half, which I think is also compounding issues. But yeah, I mean, the only thing they can do at the goal line is, is this little cheeky little uh, leak out play to Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. And then I had other things. So for Rodgers, I had bad things. First half Rodgers. Oh, God. Yes. There was, the sack, was there's the sack he took on the first red zone possession. Basically killed their chance of getting a touchdown. And then I think it was the third possession where they're third and goal again. And he throws behind Watson far enough where he loses his momentum and eventually falls over. Yep. Just completely missed him. Yeah, if you put that on, if he puts that on his front shoulder, it's a, a first down. He's got a very good chance to score on that one. Um, and then he on the fourth and one that you mentioned, where he overthrows an open Watson that would have been a TD instead of getting zero points. And so comparing his first half, so in the first half he was twelve of twenty-two for only one hundred and fourteen yards for five point two yards per attempt, which would be almost a full yard per attempt below the thirty-fourth place qualifying quarterback this year and well below and also like more than maybe 0.7 below last year's worst qualifying quarterback um, that's that's in, a wow yards per that's yeah. a yikes. 5.2 that, that so that first half was bad it was and it was bad for the whole team i yeah, would say but, i would but, say the but, whole first half was terrible yeah but rogers was specifically specifically bad in the first half but not in the second which i'll, I'll, I'll get to in, in some of the good things as well well do you have anything else in the negatives because i think there were definitely some positives from the offense specifically yeah, in the second yeah, half. The, my, my my main bad things in the offense were the first half rogers the run blocking the red and zone. the red zone were the things i really wanted to talk and then about. the third down was third and down the third sh- down was just a, 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 a you know what show two of 14 have yeah. you ever seen a team go two of fourteen on third down and win? And, and actually win and yeah, win. I don't know if I've ever seen I a team. I think you need to get four turnovers for that to happen. I don't think I've ever seen a team be that bad on third down, and you need to convert some fourth downs. I I don't think I've ever seen a team be that bad on third down and win. Two of fourteen. Yeah. Two of fourteen on third down, and they won the game. I can't believe that. See, that's this is part of what I'm coming back to is like. I don't know how the Packers won this won this damn game. Well, we can get to some of the good things then and try to figure, figure that out. You want, you want me yeah, to go first? Or you want uh, to go first on the good things? You can go first. So on mine for the – let's see. I get my good things here. I think Christian Watson is you know, it, um, still like making contested catches. They have the fourth and one, which maybe the one he got injured on where he got drilled mm-hmm. after making the catch. So for one of the many um, – several fourth down conversions, including that one, um, the touchdown – the, and I they think a QB sneak, the QB sneak, um, that for, for us, that they finally ran a QB sneak. It's only the most efficient short distance play do, in the NFL. And they, they never do run it, it so rarely. I don't know what this story. I mean, maybe they didn't want with Rogers thumb. I don't know what, but they haven't done it for That's much true. You do usually need to lead with your hands, which is tough. So, um, but I, I don't think they've done it much for, for a few years now yeah. under, under the floor and Rogers, the, um, they were a the aggr- was aggressive. In yes. this game. I think he knew that they were kind of outmatched in this game and that they needed to like go balls to the wall to actually win yeah. this. Game. I don't remember how many fourth down. I mean, just calls look at the made. just look at the fake punt from your own twenty. Well, this is what I'm <laughs> like, saying. You may not like the execution, the overthrow to Watson on one of the fourth downs, or the actual call on the play, the run up the middle on the fake punt from your own twenty. Here's my thing with But this. I'll give him credit for not leaving anything behind. Nothing left, you know, well, in the playbook he was, with a season on the line. But 
until they kicked the field goal. Oh, on, oh yeah, on yeah. The last, the- all, all game he had gone for it on fourth. Though I, it would have been kind of nervous with being only up three there at the end. Though I was, I was very nervous being only up six there at the end, I was going to say, here's the thing. is like when you're up six, you are in, you incentivize the you other team to try and score to a touchdown, get that touchdown and try and beat you in regulation. Yes. Uh, but I don't that, know. That, that is the downside. It's hard to call it out too much when it worked. I think I wanted them to go for it on fourth, but he trusted the defense, which had just had back-to-back picks, and they held up, so it worked. I, I will say, though, that um, we were talking about the – I know the shot play. A lot of people have problems with it. He was open. You, he was so open. I don't know. To, you do need to mix them in every once in a while, even if they're not always successful. I mean, that's sort of the thing It's you not say. like they were pounding the rock on these fourth and one. Like, it's not like they were easily going to get that fourth and one if they ran out of the no. middle. They were not getting third and ones, third and twos, or third and threes this whole game. So, you know, the defense wasn't ready for it. Watson got past his man over the top. He smoked him. That's barbecue chicken, as Shaq would say. <laughs> I mean, he just, he, I mean, Rogers just missed him. That Shaq would say when he's not been pushed under the Christmas tree Christmas by tree Kenny by Smith. Kenny. Okay, Kenny. <laughs> but uh, I had a couple of the things I wanted to say related to some of the things we did before. Where so I talked about how bad first half Rogers was. Second half Rogers was pretty good. I'm not not like you know supernova, but he was 12 of 16 um, for 124 yards and 7.8 yards per attempt, which would be about fifth in the league this year among qualifying players. So. Pretty good. He had the one INT, which you could say was kind of an arm punt, third and 15, and he I mean, it to the end zone. He had, I think, one of the better throws you'll see from the air with that one to Mercedes Lewis down the sideline. That was a good That's one. That's a and, professional throw. And like, the, that is insane. And the throw to Lazard was really good as that well. That was nice, uh, too. 42-yarder or whatever it was. And also, I would say that for Lazard, I had him, I wanted to mention at least a little bit. So he didn't have a very efficient game in terms of use of his targets. He was, what, 11 targets for five catches? Yeah. He had, is that right? I did not think he played. I mean, he had a couple but nice blocks, and I, he had that I, one. one horrid drop yeah just awful well, drop and, right in the yeah, bread Dobbs had a drop too early in the other like first possession like right over. but yeah. I did want to call um I did want to give some props to Lazard for that block he made on the right edge late in the game the where only he, time they ran the ball well the one run he, they he had like game. bowling pins three players with one block did you see him afterwards no I didn't see what he counts them he looks at him he goes <laughs> one two he like counts them on his fingers and stares them down but yeah that was that, that was, was one uh, of the fun plays great the play. game. For me, the positives in this game, I thought that the run blocking was really good, especially when you consider the fact that they were playing essentially without their tuber. You mean the pass block? Sorry, pass block. The pass blocking, thank you, Dan, was very... Because we just talked about how bad the run blocking blocking was. The pass blocking was very good, especially considering that they didn't have their two preferred starting tackles. They were putting Tom and Newman out there for most of the game. They allowed five total pressures this game, only five total pressures this game, uh, according to Jacob Morley on Twitter. That's for the whole O-line. Tom allowed two, Jenkins allowed zero, Myers allowed one, Runyon allowed one, zero for Nyman, and one for Newman. Um, Jacob Morley is in turn citing PFF. Um, Newman did account for two of the Packers' five penalties on the day, though, both, according both, to PFF. One holding and one false start. Yes, uh, which is... So I think he's still not a great option for backup tackle. He's like... He's your seventh O-lineman, though. Most teams do not have seven decent O-linemen. Okay. Um, and I think that next week, if Nyman can't go, I would imagine a reshuffle will happen and he will get moved into guard and they'll do some other things at tackle. Unless Bakhtiari is ready to go. Well, what I'm he thinking is maybe... Then, not, then Tom probably goes to the right side. Well, no, what I'm thinking is even if even if Bakhtiari can't go, I think maybe the answer is Elton to left tackle, Runyon to left guard, Newman to right guard, and then Tom to right tackle. Oh, you think they'll take... Uh... 
Um, Jenkins out to right, ta- right to left tackle. tackle. No, oh, to left tackle. Oh, sorry. Jenkins, Jenkins to left, left tackle. tackle. Tom to right, Tom to right tackle. tackle. Runyon to left guard. Newman back to his original starting spot of right guard. Okay, I would say that this game for Newman, even though he had like the two penalties, looked better optically than his early season, where he was simply getting blown up into Rogers' lap. That's true. He was getting killed by power rushers early. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I, yeah, he held up pretty well, honestly. Like, especially, I mean, he is the seventh O lineman. I know he's been a punching bag over the past couple of years for the Packers, but he's the seventh guy. Most teams' seventh guy are not this good. Like, it's, and are not this versatile in terms of being able to play tackle or guard. Um, so I thought that was good. Fourth down conversions, they went three of five on fourth down. Um, minus, so fourth down conversions, obviously, minus that one punt. <laughs> the fake punt, I mean, we'll talk about it. But going into the game, they had the fourth worst fourth down conversion rate in the league, according to team rankings. They got conversions on a, that leak out play to Mercedes Lewis that we talked about on fourth and goal, a 10 yard pass to Watson, and they finally ran a quarterback sneak. I mean, my goodness, the misses they had were the fake failed punt, like I said, and then the missed deep shot to Watson that we talked about, which was open. Um, so I, so that fourth down was definitely, they converted those at a much higher rate than they usually do, which was nice to see. That was my other positive for the offense. Dad, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about on the offense before we switched over to the defensive side of the ball? Let's see. I think I've brought up the main things that I had. Um, I felt like Dylan and Jones didn't really, neither one really had a good game. I mean, Jones is clearly playing hurt. I don't know. I don't know why they don't just shut him down. I mean, it seems like he, he just doesn't have anything. You, they, and he was—he had to go to the sideline for the last week of injuries. He was out getting like retaped when Patrick Taylor came in and made that really nice play. I give Patrick Taylor shoutouts for that uh, nice reception and, ru- and run after. Yeah, the catch. one of their two third down conversions. Yeah. Um, but I did, Jones did also have that run that we talked about the Lazard block for, which was their best run of the day. Oh. So he still has something out there. Right, that got him from first and twenty to second and like two. So it actually yeah. made it. Uh, uh, you know, um, a, a high probability. Um, short yardage instead of being stuck behind the way behind the sticks. Yeah, so it's not to say that he doesn't have anything, but you can tell he's not healthy. I mean, he's he's not hitting the holes with nearly as much explosiveness as he did early in the season. And yeah, ankle injuries can really sap that burst that running backs have. I mean, we saw with um, Devontae Adams in his second year as a receiver, he didn't have nearly the explosiveness he normally had when he struggled with those ankle injuries. But Dad, let's move on to the defense and talk a little bit about First, what we wanted to see from the defense. I'll start it off. I really wanted to see them press the receivers. The blueprint was out. They did it sometimes. I think they really mixed up coverages in this game. They did a lot of different things. Um, they they really switched it up on the back end. They ran a little bit of everything. Um, the other thing I wanted to see was them send additional pressure. Uh, I didn't think the pass rush was going to be good enough to get pressure on Tua without it. And I was wrong. The pass rush actually got home quite a bit, which we will talk, or not didn't get home quite a bit, but at least hurried up to his internal clock quite a bit, which we'll talk about. Um, and then Wyatt getting snaps, uh, this was good. He got his highest snap percentage of the year, I believe. He played 48% of defensive snaps, which is great. Um, so those were the things that I wanted to see on defense. Dad, what did you want to see on defense? So I also had Wyatt wanted him to get more snaps. So it was his most total number of snaps at 24, as well as his highest percentage of snaps. And in part, that may be simply because Lowry got hurt fairly early and they put him in. I was also asking at one point, it wasn't um, what I wanted to see, but I mentioned players I was going to watch were the backup edge rushers. And so I was sort of, they only had three active. They 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 had Garvin inactive. So they only had Enigbaris, um, Preston, and 
um, Harris. And they played, between the three of them, all but four of the snaps on the edge. Was it Harris or was it Holland? Uh, Holland, sorry. Holland, sorry. Yes, Holland. 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 I don't know why. Yeah, I, it's an H name. <laughs> but here's the thing. Thank you, Dolphins, for only running 45 plays. I mean, I think that's the only reason our head rushers were able to stay fresh. Are you thanking Waddle for scoring on from 84 yards out in one play? Your, players, to save our your head rushers? rushers can't get tired if they score in one play. Um, but so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the bad first, starting with that Waddle stuff. Um, I'll lead us off. Uh the first half, I mean, that Waddle play is very um, a nice example. They were just so disorganized in the secondary. The D-line, I think, had a good game overall, mostly. Uh, they struggled to stop the run in the first half, uh, but for the most part, were pretty good, which we'll talk about in the good stuff. But the secondary in the first half was pretty awful. I mean, that Waddle one just shows it. Jair is yelling at Douglas that he's coming across. and th- So I'm just going to walk you through. Waddle comes crossing from left to right. Jair is yelling to pass him off to Douglas. Douglas doesn't hear him. Waddle catches it. Douglas is running opposite direction of him. Waddle speeds on by him. Amos, step two, Amos is running after him. Isn't fast enough to catch him. Step three, Jair catches back up to the play from the far side. Takes a horrible angle and doesn't get there. And then Hill is blocking Amos out of the play at this point. And Waddle scores an 84-yard touchdown on the first play of the... yeah, eighty-four yard touchdown on the first play of their second drive. I mean, I'm yeah. it's t- it, it's everything bad that was going on in the secondary. And after the game, it was either Douglas or Amos was saying that Jerry Gray took him into the locker room in the second half and just cursed them out and was talking about how they were not playing up to the standard that was set for this team. Yeah, he could have done that every single week of the season I from wish- week five onward and would have been correct to do he so. Sh- he should have started this in the Giants game. And done it every week from then on. Because you should have started the Vikings game, except that game was kind of a lost cause. But you, <laughs> I wish you had done this early enough. We're gonna here's the thing: won like three more games. Why do you need a talking to to because lo- they clearly locked in in the second half? Why do you need to get a talking to from your position coach to focus for a game that you need to win to have any prayer of making the playoffs? Like, why is that needed for professionals who are paid? very well, who have experience in the league, who are veterans, to lock in on their assignments and play good football. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it was just highlighted by the fact that the other negative I had is they allowed so many explosive plays to the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins ran 45 plays. 13 of those went for more than 10 yards. That's 25% of their plays went for more than 10 yards. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Yeah, both both run and pass, which is you know brings some of the the things. So I had again the bad things of the preventing the explosive plays, especially with by I would say coverage lapses or bad scheme about how to cover the middle of the field against speed, which includes Waddle's eighty four yard touchdown run um, pass where they're playing zone and we're like you know can you do press man that three teams had already shown worked against the Dolphins. Um, and Hill's 52-yarder also in the middle that led to Wilson's one-run um, touchdown. Then the other, then the run defense, I felt like especially up the middle in the first couple of drives, was gotten gashed by Mostert in particular, but also Wilson with runs of 14 yards, 17 yards, 12 yards, all in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, I will. I do want to give Joe Barry some credit because it seems like whatever adjustments they made coming out of halftime worked, but. The first half game plan did not make any sense to me. I mean, they didn't. They pressed some, 
Uh, the one that stands out in my mind is that first drive the Dolphins had where Rasul is pressing Tyreek Hill on the deep go on third down, and it works. But for the most part, I don't really know what they... Like, they gave up so many explosive game, plays in the run and pass game. They didn't slow down Waddle at all. They didn't slow down Hill hardly at all. I mean, they were... They just won the turnover battle is essentially what ended up yeah. happening. Well, it got better later, and they weren't slowing up Mostert, who was, you yeah. know, in the beginning, especially the first couple of drives. But, um... Well, that's part of that's another thing is I. But I did want to mention you know that 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 uh, play by Douglas on Hill was one of the nicest man coverages they had, where he basically took him out of the field um, with positioning to prevent that touchdown on that on that third down and And, force him to give take a field goal. And I actually think Douglas played really well in this game. He had the pick late that ended the game. He had a couple pass breakups uh, in key situations, which were good. I thought he had a really nice game. Um, did you have any other negatives, or should we talk no, a little bit about the positives? The, let's go get to the good things. Yeah, and I think I think they, they won this game because of the turnover battle and because Tua gifted them three picks uh, to close the game. Um, but you still got to make those plays. It's part, it is part of the reason why I think that the Dolphins lost this game more than the Packers won, is they kind of gave them three gifts. Um, so the first half... So the, getting into the positives. The first half was very bad, but they held up in two key spots that if they hadn't would have likely cost them the game. And that was one forcing the field goal after the fake punt was huge. Um, Oh, I do think that was partially due to penalties though. The dolphins just kept holding, having incorrect offensive formations. I mean, they were shooting themselves in the foot over and over again in the first half, especially, which is part of the reason I think this was close, but forcing that field goal there either way was huge because I think if they score a touchdown there, it reeks of a desperation play that failed, and then you're just going to get blown out the rest of the game. And then the second one was Jaron Reed forcing the fumble when the Dolphins were driving to end the first half. I think this was absolutely the play of the game. Instead of going, I mean, they were marching. Instead of going into the half, likely down 17, you take the ball, score a field goal, go into the half down seven, and then you tie it immediately coming out of halftime. On that play alone, according to ESPN, it was a 7.3% swing in win probability towards the Packers. I think that's the play of the game. We'll talk a little bit about Jaron Reed. He was excellent in this game, in my opinion. Um, spoiler alert, he is my player of the game. But that, if I don't think, I think if he doesn't force that fumble and you go into half down two scores, I think you can start to see some guys packing it in. Um, but the second half then happened, and they shut the Dolphins out in the second half. And then the secondary played great by forcing those three turnovers. They did still allow some explosives and um, quite a few first downs. But the second half run defense, which I don't think I've seen many people talk about, was excellent. Six of the Dolphins' eight second half run plays went for less than four yards. And the D-line, I mean, that plus the ability overall throughout the course of the game, they had 14 pressures on Tua uh, per Jacob Morley on Twitter. Who is in turn citing PFF? I mean, shout out the D-line because they have been in oftentimes a much maligned unit. They don't have their best player in Rashawn Gary. Haven't had him for weeks, but they came to play today. Specifically, Reed, I thought Wyatt looked really good in his um, 24 snaps. I'm glad that they played him. I, I know that they only played him because Lowry was hurt, but I hope that he showed enough where he has earned more snaps. And then just the ability to capitalize on those poor, that poor decision-making that Tua had. Um, three yeah. straight picks to end the game. 
Uh, we- shout out Jair. If you have a chance to find the oh, that, the <laughs> the post game interview he did with is, Pam Oliver is an all timer. That is a Christmas present there. That that post game interview. Yeah, where he's walking through what he was thinking on that pick play. It's very funny. You should go find it. The uh, at Father Son Packer on Twitter. We retweeted it. Um, the Devontae Campbell pick. Uh, where he's waiting underneath, and then the Rasul Douglas one where he kind of baits Tua into throwing that out route. Uh, three back-to-back-to-back to end the game was huge for the Packers. Oh, and then the other thing where the Dolphins kicked themselves and shot themselves in the foot is they also missed a field goal. They, they, I mean, they did a lot of things to help the Packers in this game, but, you know, you still got to take advantage if you're the Packers, and they did that, which is good. They didn't have any drop picks. I mean, I wasn't thinking about this before. You know how many times they have drop picks? That I mean, change the that's game, the other thing. They, they, you know they who did? In. You know who did have a drop pick to save that would have blown the game? Xavier Howard had one in his mitts and just dropped it. Was that the one that was? Was that Dobbs drop or was that? No, no, uh, Zav- it wasn't a drop. It was straight to Xavier Howard. Oh, Xavier Howard. Rogers threw it right to him, and he just he oh, just okay. dropped it. And thank you, I guess, because we yeah, needed we've that. We've done that. Yeah, we've we've done that for a lot of other teams. Um. Yeah, so my good thing is a lot of kind of overlapping because we could, it's pretty clear to see, though. So uh, the second half shut out, including the last offensive drives of Miami, starting with the last drive of the first half. The last, um, yeah, so it's, it's a little bit more than the, than the whole second half. The second half plus the, the last drive of the first half. Ending in fumble, missed field goal, interception, interception, interception. Um, and then you mentioned Jaron Reed, and can I say a few things about him? Uh Sure. <laughs> Even though I might be stealing what you yeah, plan, go ahead and steal my thunder. It's all right. But no, I hated that he had an elite PFF grade of eighty nine point one, second only to uh, Preston on the yeah. defense. Uh, that was the other thing I forgot to mention. Preston was really good in this game. He had a couple pressures. Um, he just he was very impactful as the Packers' lead edge rusher. He had a sack. I think another hurry. He set the edge very well against the run. I felt like he made some plays there. Um, but I had uh, um, Jaron Jer- Reed with the the forced fumble. Um, and the uh, as well as the sack um, at critical moments of the game. The, I also mentioned the second half run defense. Just to compare, they gave up 24 yards on eight carries after the half, after giving up 58 on 10 carries in the first half. So it really was a kind of a Jekyll and Hyde performance here by the defense and the offense, and the ability to force a field goal after the the fake punt. And that's in part that you mentioned the penalties, but also. Um, on that possession, um, that was when Reed got his sack. And Preston, uh, on their last series of downs, Preston got a sack, and they had two good run stops for like one yard and two yard runs that eventually forced the field goal. Um, so that, and then Miami, after that field goal, didn't score again. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't notice Kenny much in this game, but he must no, have been I doing was thinking something. The same thing we were talking about the line that you could see Reed making plays. You could see Wyatt making plays. Because normally when the line plays well, it's because Kenny is dominating. And he probably had a good, like, a, a solid good game because if he's not playing well, usually they're not playing well. But I can't say I noticed many plays from him, which, I mean, shout out to all the other guys who were also, like, capitalizing on, I would assume, the opportunities he was creating. Yeah, I, I have to go rewatch and see what Kenny was doing, how many blocks he was occupying, and other things he might have been doing in that game. But, uh Oh, you know the uh, the fact that we were getting more out of Wyatt gives you know hope and uh, and Walker was he forced a fumble he he oh, hit oh right he, he got one on Tua because that's the other thing they actually they they actually forced three there were three fumbles by 
the Dolphins in that game. The, the Packers were only able to recover one of them. But so they had, you know, three picks and three was fumbles. It, what was the third fumble? There was the Tua one. There was the Moster one. I think there might have been. Was there two Tua ones? I thought he dropped one and fell in it on his. I mean, that would I may have been just like a straight drop rather than a forced fumble. I thought there was just well, maybe there were three. You could be right. Oh, I forgot about the other break the Packers guys when AJ Dillon they ran it right up the middle, and he just fumbled it onto the ground and then just fell right back on on on, on the on the exchange. And I think they eventually actually gave. Well, at one point they had given that fumble to Rodgers. But yeah, th- that they was just, that was like one of the best, like the five yard line, and he just throws it on the ground. It was the it was like the best blocked running play they had all game because he had enough time to fall down and get up and get the ball. Yeah, and oh, the no, I think the best. The, oh well, well, besides the Lazard play, where well, he, no, and, but the, I think the second best one is the one where Dylan's running to the end zone. And then he just gets his shoe like it's clipped. Uh, that, He's almost there, and he gets his he foot just, clipped just a teeny his back, tiny bit. His back foot gets clipped, so he can't he get like, it uh, back you on and, the ground. You in the garage the other day when you went down. <laughs> it's always the back foot that gets hung up on something. <laughs> back when just, I used to run hurdles, and I would just eat, eat crap just going over the third or fourth hurdle because my legs couldn't carry me anymore. Oh, man. But, yeah, the, the defense stood up tall in the second half. Let's move on to the Wii fence. This Talk about Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, they were, they they were borderline like just out, they were out of their mind, like kid with too much candy on Halloween, like running around and then crashing and then running around and then crashing. I mean, Nixon is the man that ninety four yard ninety three ninety four yard kickoff return was electric. I mean, they put Dobbs back there later and he tried to pull it uh, take it out from five yards deep and he only got out to the thirteen. I'm like, okay. Let's, let's calm down. That should not be the game plan for anyone else. But man, Nixon, yeah, Nixon like one of the best returners in the entire league right should, now. Yes, uh, he should yes. be. He should be the Pro Bowl returner. Yeah, I really. mean, I think the only reason he isn't is because voting happened before he could really like voting started before he could really get on this run. And I, and I meant to look up how long you'd have to go back to get to a kickoff return that was longer than this one for for the Packers. You mean? Yeah, for the Packers. Goodness. I can't even remember. Yeah. I would have been so funny if he had. But I was it. wondering if, like, you could see at the end whether you know, how annoyed would you be if you're Nixon? I was like, man, I get it all the way to the ten yard line and we can't score. Could, I wonder if, like, at the end of that, whether his groin started bothering him because you know, he left the game, uh, mm-hmm. and whether that's why he could get it all the way to the house. Yeah, and um, Crosby four for four on field goals, two for two on extra points. That's big, but that fake punt. <laughs> I mean, Lafleur said today that they they. Was I'm paraphrasing, but he said essentially they have to give the guys a way to get out of that play. Isn't it wild that they didn't have a way to get out of that? I mean, they're essentially like the Dolphins are showing everyone at the line, and the call is to snap it to Levitt and run up the middle. There's nowhere for him to go. How is there not a way for him to hit the like hit cancel? Like yeah, yeah. Where, where's where's like the the audible out of this play? And if there isn't, you're burning timeouts from far less than that. <laughs> Like, you're burning timeouts when the clock's running out, like, and you didn't get the play in in time. Because you can't get out of the huddle until there are two seconds left on the play clock. And if this isn't a scenario where you can burn it, I don't know what is. Because that play, that play, you should have seen as soon as you lined up, you can't run that play. That play had zero chance. It had, had no, no chance. He had nowhere to go. He had for, nowhere for to go. I don't understand what the thinking was. I, I, under, I, don't, I don't even hate the call of the fake punt. You are... Like, playing a team that is better than you, you need some lucky breaks to win. And they got those eventually. You need to hit some of these high-risk, high-reward plays. But when you trot them out and you see that they have the perfect play call against it, 
you got to get out of that look. You have to have and and to not have a way built into it is I think a failure on the head coach and the special teams quarter, coordinator Rich Basaccia, and to not call timeout is a failure on the head coach. Like you need to get out of that look immediately. Um, so the yeah the wee fence was kind of all over the place. Dad, did you have anything you wanted to add there? Um, I don't think there was anything else much uh, besides the like like the fantastic play by Nixon, and then then he was out, and then they couldn't really do much on the returns without him. I mean, it's just shows how, how, how uh, much difference he's made uh, on the special teams, but also in general, their special teams has like been climbing up the ranks in uh, the rankings there. At least I think DVOA still has them lower third. They have but uh, PFF have been climbing a little faster and they're like 16th in the league, which is a huge imp- improvement over last year. Yeah. I mean, it's not, not a very high bar. <laughs> um, did you see the thing recently where it's like by DVOA over the last like four or five weeks there, like first in pass defense, fourth on special teams, and like like sixth on off. Like they're they're getting like oh if you take a small sample size and you're cherry picking a bit, but if you take those weeks, it's it's not cherry picking if you're using them just to draw a conclusion of those over those weeks. It's cherry picking if you try to use like five weeks that they're good to make a declaration for the whole season or to project moving forward over those six weeks they the past six weeks or five weeks or whatever it was i'm sorry i don't remember the south time ad they have been very good like the past few weeks just yeah. as a team and their and their offense has been actually getting to be one of over the past i think it's like during this win streak and maybe even a little bit before that one of the highest scoring teams in the league i mean yeah and because you think back like the philly game they were scoring right there with philly uh, and then, I mean, they won the Cowboys game and, and the Titans, I forget what the score of the Titans game was, but yeah, they, they've definitely closed the season stronger than they started it. I think is definitely easy yeah. to say. And this is one of the things we expected the defense to do in some ways for the line to come together and, uh, yeah, and get healthy and the receiving core to get more experience. Yeah. So, it's, you know, so that is kind of went according to plan in some ways. It's just unfortunate they started that we, the season so poorly, and we kind of just screwed up. You know, the defense wasn't as good as we hoped. They're pretty good at the beginning of the year, and they went through this like terrible lull. Um, and maybe now they'll be better with uh, Jerry Gray yelling at him. He should do. Somebody sent him a notice. We a need note. to schedule the cursing <laughs> out at halftime every single game, yes, and maybe even started before the first kickoff. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you know, it's assume that they're going to let you down early, and then the. Uh, and then, you know, if we just kind of shot ourselves in, a, in the foot in a couple of games where we just screwed up games we should have won. But we still got a chance. Thanks yeah. to this win and thanks to, you know, all kinds of teams losing for us. Like the Commanders losing, the um, Giants losing, the Seahawks the losing, Seahawks losing the yeah. Lions losing. Yeah, a lot of things have broken right over the past weekend. And all we can do going forward is hope for the best. Dad, let's close it out with our players of the game. Who you got? So I'm I'm going with uh, Mercedes Lewis, big dog, big dog with you know the the touchdown session on the on the one play that works. We got to we got to rely on big dog for that the, at the goal line and and uh, whatever it was a 31 yarder um, on that that, yeah. that catch going to the ground. Someone said it's a 39 year old throwing to a 38 year old, and if you don't like that, you don't like Packers football. <laughs> uh, for me, Ooh. go ahead. Is that like the the most yardage ever on uh, 77 years of uh, of a player? I think Tom Brady throwing to anyone. <laughs> this actually would be that. Oh, you mean for like 75 plus? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, for me, 
Uh, player of the game was Jaron Reed, like I said earlier. Four pressures, forced fumble, multiple run stuffs. PFF had it as best game of the year so far. Very impactful beyond even the box score stats. Great game from him. Solid Packers win, Dad. You know, they're still in it. I mean, this was the game that everybody's pointing to as the hardest one for them to win in this stretch to win out. And they've gone on the road. They have not been that great on the road this year. But they went to a place where they usually don't do well in Florida. Luckily, they brought a little bit of that northern weather with them where it was only like mid-40s. There's a lot of players say it was like perfect football weather as opposed to, you know, 80 degrees and they're just roasting in the sun. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, I would much rather play the Dolphins in December than in, yes. sep- in, in so- September and early October. But anyway, thanks so much for joining us after this Packers win to break this down with us. We really appreciate it. If you like this podcast, come check out our other ones. We do two a week, one pregame, one postgame. And then in the offseason, we'll be doing one a week, talking about offseason moves the Packers are going to make and uh, talking about the draft a little bit. So come join us. Like we said earlier, give us a follow on Twitter, at FatherSonPacker. Come subscribe to us on YouTube, FatherSonPackersPodcasts. Uh, we'll be here as long as the Packers are here. And even when they're eliminated from the playoffs or if they somehow turn this magical run around, we'll still be here. We'll still be here either way. But anyway, thanks so much for giving us a listen. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.